Hey, what's going on, Camcast? So I saw a movie on Thursday night, one that I wasn't initially excited for at all, and now I feel like I need to talk about it because that's what I did the channel for. I want to start doing more movie reviews now that we can go back into the theaters right now. Um, this is, like I said, not a movie I was really anticipating or really looking forward to it, and then when I found out who was directing it and I learned that it wasn't a complete reboot, I kind of got it. I got a little, I'm not excited, but I, I guess I was looking forward to it, you know, because James Gunn, he basically took these ragtag heroes of Guardians of the Galaxy and made them household names. You know, he made Peter Quill and Rocket Raccoon and Groot and Nebula and Drax and, you know, Gamora, household names. And I thought that if anybody could kind of do the Suicide Squad justice and, and make a really compelling movie and, and really entertaining movie, I think it would be James Gunn. And, um, you know, that is the case with this movie. This was a very entertaining movie. Definitely more so than the original Suicide Squad that David Ayer directed with Will Smith and Margot Robbie and um, Joel Kinnaman and, you know, a, a collection of many other people. And, of course, the uh, horrible Cara Delevingne, who's just a terrible actress, and that whole, you know, like, that shit was, like, the worst part of the entire movie and one of the cringiest things I've ever seen on film. But that, this movie doesn't have any of that. Um, so this movie, I'm kind of, I'm going to try to break this review into a couple of parts. The first part is going to be no spoilers. Um, I'm going to give you my initial thoughts, um, reasons why I think you should see the movie, because I, I do think you should see the movie. Uh, I thought it was really entertaining. And then in the second half, I'm going to give you a spoiler, you know, some things spoiler wise that I need to talk about because I wouldn't be doing this review justice if I wasn't talking about these certain things. And if you've seen the movie already, you know what I'm talking about. But when I get to that point, I'll tell you, spoiler warning, and then you can go ahead and get to it. So we're going to go ahead and start the rest of it right now. So the things that you kind of expected going in, you knew that Margot Robbie was going to kill it as Harley Quinn. And as usual, she does. I think this is her third or fourth movie being Harley Quinn, and she's just phenomenal on screen. She's so very, very good in this role. She makes it her own. It's iconic. It really is one of those things where you can't really see anybody else playing Harley Quinn, you know, kind of like... RDJ playing Iron Man, you know, uh, Steve, uh, what's his, Chris Evans playing Steve Rogers, you know, it's, it's, it's a role that is truly designed for Margot Robbie, she just kills it in every single scene that she's in, and this movie gives her a little bit more depth, a little bit more to do than the first Suicide Squad does, where she just looks good and just, you know, kills people, this one, she does a lot more, and she's even funnier in this one than she has been, I've, I'm going to say I never saw Birds of Prey, so I don't know if she was good in that. I'm assuming that she was because she's good in everything that she is. Well, she Margot Robbie's good in everything, first of all. But her incarnation as Harley Quinn is just, you know, it's it's it really is show-stopping and scene-stealing. She's amazing. Um, next person i got to talk about is Idris Elba. Idris Elba is just one of my favorite actors of all time. He is amazing in every single thing that he does, whether it's, you know, a... Uh, a cameo in a sitcom where he plays a benevolent boss who hates Jim Jim Halpert, uh, that of course being Charles Minor in The Office, whether he's playing you know some type of villain, whether he's playing uh, just and he's just amazing and he's so good as Bloodsport in this movie because even though he's a quote unquote villain, you can tell that he has a lot more to offer and I believe uh, one of the characters kind of sees that in him and he really is the you know the the lens that the audience uses to, to view this movie and to go forward with this movie. And I think that he carries the movie in certain parts. Um, and he really is, it's just, it's Idris Elba doing an action movie, getting to use his normal accent, killing people. It's fantastic. You know, I'm all in. 
Um, then I got to talk about John Cena. Okay. I don't know what's gotten into John Cena lately, but he's been really good with the acting. He's gotten a lot better. And in this movie, he's playing the Peacemaker, who basically his character is he will achieve peace by any means necessary. He even says, I will kill every man and woman and child I can to keep the peace. And it's like, okay, well, the oxymoron of that and the irony of that is is so, uh, you know, it's it's it doesn't make any sense. You're going to kill people to keep the peace, but it, that's literally how his character sees it. But John Cena, every scene that he's in, he steals the show. He has the most range in this entire movie, and I'll get into that a little bit more later. But he really was great. I didn't expect him to be that good because the, the costume that he uses, or that they, they had him wear, is literally the costume from the comics after I did some deep dive digging. And he just looks ridiculous. It looks like he's got like a toilet bowl on his head. But this movie has just an amazing cast of characters. Rick Flagg comes back. You know, Joel Kinnaman's character. Jai Courtney's Captain Boomerang comes back. Pete Davidson's in this. Matthew Rooker's in this. Um, Sean Gunn plays uh, the Weasel, which is like this CGI animated character that uh, basically kind of just kind of... It's like... It's, it's, it's really... If you've seen the, the trailer, he's in it briefly when they're walking. Uh, the Weasel's just a weird character, and it's only there for a short amount of time, but it's really funny. Um... But no, I really, really enjoyed this movie, and I think that everybody should go and watch it. The one thing I will say is, um, it is R-rated. It is very R-rated. James Gunn basically, he was like, hey, I'm going to need an R-rated movie. Now I'm going to put as much violence as I can possibly put in it. Some really cringy things are going to be in it. A lot of cuss words. Um, <laughs> it's He really gets the most out of this R-rating. Every word you could possibly think of in this thing super super gory it's like all the things he's probably wanted to do over the years being you know tied to disney and guardians of the galaxy that he wasn't able to do and dc was like you know what go ahead and do your thing james because the first suicide squad was not exactly loved made us a ton of money but it wasn't love so you just go ahead and do your thing make it dark make it gritty make it you know r-rated so he did and it is uh it is very 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 uh, gro uh grotesque and violent and gory and all that good stuff but i I think that part of it was really funny. Like, he's able to do the violence in a really funny way, which I think is kind of his style. You know, it's, it's, he is a funny director. This movie is really funny. I laughed out loud quite a bit of the time, probably in parts I probably shouldn't have laughed at, but I just thought it was funny. The gripe that I have with this movie is you can tell this was a passion project by James Gunn. I mean, you can just tell by the way it was made. Um, he, Obviously, he wanted it gory. He wanted to change the comic, the, the comic book genre a little bit because he's talked about that, how he doesn't want things so cookie-cutter and so clean because comic books aren't clean. They're gory. They're messy. And it's just one of those things where I know for a fact that he really wanted to, to do that type of thing. Um, the problem with all that is you can really sense that this is a this is James Gunn's fever dream, okay? Um, that's... A, that's that's the main problem with this thing, okay? This feels like we're in the, the mind of James Gunn, and at some points, it's really fun, and it's exciting, and you can see where he's at. But I ran into a point with, you know, the last 30, 35, 40 minutes of the movie where I was just nauseated, and I was exhausted from watching basically four or five different endings. It's like he couldn't choose an ending, and he basically had four or five different ones that he decided to write. Um, and that is really my only gripe with the movie, is that... I feel like he had every idea that he had, he put it in the movie. You know, he didn't really centralize what he really wanted to get out of it. 
he seemed to just be throwing stuff on the screen and hoping that the audience can digest all of it. And at a certain point, I did get, like, I was, I was exhausted by the end of this movie. I was very, very tired, like, trying to absorb everything that he was giving us. It really felt like we were in James Gunn's fever dream. And given the fact that he hasn't made a movie in a while other than Guardians of the Galaxy, he probably had a ton of ideas. And it shows because this movie just has a lot going for it to a fault, which for me brought down the movie a little bit. Um, I, I'm not trying to, to diss his style, but I just feel like, um, you know, when you throw that many things on screen, you have to be open to the fact that maybe some people are going to be off put by it. And I was definitely off, off put by it just because, like I said, it was very exhausting. There was a lot of of, of, there was almost a sensory overload, especially in the last 20 minutes, where I just, I couldn't absorb everything that was going on. Maybe that's just me, but um, I was very, I, I walked out of the movie, I mean, let me, let me say it like this. The first hour and 20 minutes, fan, fantastic. Really entertaining, really good. The last roughly 40-ish minutes were so tiring that it brought down my experience from the first, you know, hour, 20 minutes. That's that's really how I feel. Do I still like the movie? Yeah, I do like it. I really do. But it definitely got knocked down a couple of pegs for me. And I, it's just because he couldn't focus the story. He couldn't focus his ending. And there are a lot of things going on. And I, you know, that's my main problem. So overall, I give the Suicide Squad because you know that's what DC does now. They put a the in front of it and it makes it better. Like the Batman next year. Oh, we got a the Batman trailer too at the beginning of this thing, which is pretty cool. So you go ahead and watch the the Batman trailer. But no, my rating for The Suicide Squad, I give it a 7 out of 10. Um, definitely better than the first Suicide Squad. You know, there's no laser to God and all that crap with Enchantress doing her, oh, you know, all that stuff. But uh, uh, please forgive the uh, the dancing. But uh, <laughs> um, but no, that was that was uh, that was that. You know, 7 out of 10. All right, now I now I got to get into the spoilers talk. So we're gonna get into spoilers right now, starting in three, two, one. All right. <laughs> the really the, the the bait and switch in this movie was absolutely phenomenal. So in the first 10 15 minutes we have one squad of the suicide squad get completely annihilated on the beach. Pete Davidson gets its head blown off. Um some dude with that can detach his arms starts attacking the enemy soldiers and they start shooting his arms and he wallows in pain. Weasel falls out of the plane and drowns. Um that entire scene was so, Jai Courtney's Captain Boomerang gets blown up by a helicopter. The only ones that survive are Harley Quinn and Rick Flagg, of course, you know, being the flagships from the previous movie. And Michael Rooker, they blow his head off because he tries to get... It was just, what a bait and switch. And then we get taken to the other side of the island where you have Bloodsport and Peacemaker and Rat Snatcher, uh, Rat Snatcher 2, uh, King Shark and Polka Dot Man, who I didn't haven't really talked about yet. Polka Dot Man was really entertaining. He's, he's been in a ton of comic book movies. He was in Ant-Man where he says, what about the old lady who, who throw jewel in the ocean? When he's talking about the Titanic, he's in The Dark Knight. Um, he plays one of the Joker's uh, basically followers. And he's just, he's really good in a lot of, I don't even know his name. I haven't looked it up. And I, I probably, if I looked it up, I probably wouldn't be able to pronounce it anyways. But he's great. He's really good. So yeah, that bait and switch in the beginning was just crazy. And then there's a scene with, with Bloodsport and... Uh, and Peacemaker, where they go through and they kill an entire, basically, village of people you think are villains. And it was a great montage. Like, they were competing with each other, you know, basically 1v1, seeing who could get the cooler kill. And it turns out that they were killing the their allies. the or Not the allies, but, like, you know, good people the entire time by accident. 
Um, that whole that was for me the best scene in the entire movie. I thought it was great. Uh, then there was this like weird like eight minute side quest with Harley Quinn where this guy asks her to marry him, and then she kills him after they spent like an entire day together, and he professes his love for her. Um, so that was really strange. There was a couple moments like that in this movie that are just don't. I feel like they didn't need to be in there, which goes back to my James Gunn fever fever dream thing. But then the weirdest part about this entire movie, basically this being from space is this big starfish and the starfish controls people's minds and when he does that he feeds off them and gets bigger and that's the main villain of this movie. So at the end of the movie, the main five are fighting against a starfish, a giant starfish and I called them the Ghetto Avengers because basically you had Bloodsport running in there giving orders like he's Captain America telling King Shark that the, the starfish is num nums and then King Shark kind of runs over there num nums and he goes and he chases the starfish you know jumps on the starfish starts biting it the rat snatcher sends all of her rats over there polka dot man tries to shoot polka dots basically destroys the the starfish's leg but the starfish has an arm squishes polka dot man so he sorry so he's dead and then Harley Quinn basically jumps into his eye and sees all these rats go in and they're like biting the blood vessels of the eye of the starfish and it fills it with blood and i just can't i don't understand this part of the movie like i said the last 20 to 30 minutes were such sensory overload it really left me with a sour taste in my mouth for the entire movie because before this part this movie was a solid eight eight and a half like i was really enjoying it i was having a lot of fun and then that ending was just so there was just everything was happening all at once like i have no idea what what happened what was going on there there was a, a scene where they're running from a building they jump off king shark is fighting against these like little uh fish things that suck onto him and start biting him and they're fighting people that have starfish on them and um then it's there's just so much sensory overload within the last 20 minutes of this movie that i was trying to absorb all of it and understand it and i was looking at this starfish and i'm just like what the fuck am i watching like what the actual fuck am i watching like this makes no goddamn sense i don't understand what i'm watching and when the you know when the credits roll i'm still watching it and I still don't know what I'm seeing. And it's been, you know, three, four days, and I still don't know what I saw. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but that's I that's the biggest flaw in the movie for me is that whole literally the whole last act. I just thought it was really weak and I really didn't like it. So it's just one of those things. But the cool part about this movie, we thought that Peacemaker was that oh yeah, obviously uh Rick Flag dies, Peacemaker kills him, and then uh Bloodsport, they shoot Bloodsport and Peacemaker shoot a gun at each other after Peacemaker has a gun held to Ratcatcher 2, and the Bloodsport's bullet goes in between, gets a smaller bullet. Uh, Peacemaker's bullet shoots him in the neck, and he's bleeding. Turns out, very end credits of this movie, Peacemaker's alive, which is how he's going to get an HBO Max show. Um, so that's those are kind of my thoughts on, on the movie as a whole. I enjoyed a lot of this movie. I really did. But that last 20, 30 minutes is just... That he had like four or five different endings. Like he couldn't pick one. I thought that when they, when they, uh, when they killed the Brainiac or whatever who it was, I thought that was an ending. I thought when they, you know, were running, that was an ending. Like he had, he added so much extra time onto this movie, and for what? Like that, the fighting the starfish, I don't think was that cool. I really don't. But you know, whatever. To each their own. 
If you disagree with me, if you do agree with me, let me know in the comments below or on my Instagram, that's at cam.cast. And of course, I need you guys to subscribe, subscribe, and share and like and all that good stuff because I'm trying to grow the channel, trying to get the word out there. Um, so if you like this video and you want to see more, go ahead and click on my, my bio to see more and I'll be able to show you more stuff. Well, I won't show you more stuff. You can show yourself, but you can watch more stuff and listen to my dumbass talk. Um, but you know, thanks for listening to the suicide squad review and, uh, you know, I appreciate your time and, uh, as always peace and love. Thanks.